Welcome in to the At The Yard Podcast presented by Prep Baseball Report California. In today's show, Ryan Ozella, our NorCal area scout, is going to come in and break down the CCS playoffs. We'll take a look at Division 3-2-1 and the Open Division, highlighting key matchups, players, and names you'll want to follow. Stay tuned for that show. Welcome back. I'm pleased to be joined by NorCal Area Scout Ryan Ozella, who is on top of everything Central Coast section. Ryan, it's been a few weeks since we chatted. How you doing, man? I know you've had a busy couple weeks covering the WCAL playoffs and, and all the other action up in the CCS. Yeah, it's been a busy couple weeks, but I'm excited now for the playoffs and getting ready to go get out to all those games. Yeah, well, let's jump right on in. The CCS is broken up into uh, four divisions. You got Division ones, two, and three, and then there's an open division at the top there. Uh, first round games will be starting tomorrow. Uh, so let's jump right into Division three. Um, we'll, we'll take us through. You, you know, you have a couple of notes here and, and some teams listed. Uh, take us through the top four seeds and kind of what you see playing out here in Division three. Sure. In Division three, uh, the number one seed Pacific Grove. Um, they're a team that's pretty heavy loaded on seniors and juniors, a, a veteran squad, but they've got a couple of young guys who have been uh, key contributors for them all season. Uh, the two seed is Menlo, uh, Menlo School, uh, another team that's pretty heavily loaded with some juniors and seniors. Um, but again, one or two of those key uh, underclassmen that have been real cogs for them in the, in the offensive lineup. Uh, at three, you got Monta Vista Christian from down here in Watsonville. Um, you know, it's kind of the same idea. Uh, a lot of 20s, uh, a lot of 21s, um, a team that's really battled in a tough PCAL division, uh, the Gabilan division. And, uh, you know, now they're getting ready to kind of, uh, I think, be on a run towards the, the championship in the in the Division Three playoffs. Um, and then the four seed, we got Palma, another team from the WCAL or sorry, the PCAL down here, um, down in Salinas, um, a small school um, that's got a couple of younger guys that have helped them out. But a couple of seniors that have really been their key cogs for them as well. Um, so those four are kind of the four, I think, that have got a chance to, to make the advancements. Um, to me, Pacific Grove and Monta Vista Christian, I think, are the deepest teams. Pacific Grove's got um, a left-hand pitcher, Hunter Haynes, that's a senior, and another left-hand pitcher, Kevin Ebron, um, that have both been really good for them all season. Um, they've got a good, really good middle infielder in the Hind brothers, uh, Trevor, who's a senior, and his brother, Justin, who's a sophomore. Um, and like I said, they've got a couple of freshmen, Brendan Moore, who's a freshman pitcher who um, I saw early in the season and was really talented. He's got a really high upside uh, and a catcher, um, a 21 catcher, Nathan Wood, who's also been really good for them behind the plate. So to me, I think they've got the best chance of winning Division three um, when you've got that many arms and that deep of a lineup um, in a situation where you only have to win two or three games. Um, I just kind of got to bet on them to win this all. Yeah, and Hunter Haynes, if I'm not mistaken, swings a pretty good bat, doesn't he, from the left side? Yeah, he's got some pop in that bat, speed. He plays center field real well. Um, the game I saw him at, there was like 40-mile-an-hour winds, and he was tracking everything down out there uh, at Pacific Grove. So, yeah, he's a two-way guy that could really help Pacific Grove there. Uh, he's uncommitted as a senior, and I, I know some schools are still calling me about him, asking what, what's going on. Yeah, it's 6'3", 190. He's a pretty physical cat. I mean, I remember seeing him when we saw him in the fall there up in Stockton. He was uh, hitting balls pretty pretty far and pretty hard uh, during his BP and in the game there. Uh, but, yeah, obviously I think we could both agree that his future could potentially be on the mound there. 
so that's the D3. Uh, let's jump into Division Two. Uh, what do you see happening here in Division Two? Tell us about some of the teams we should look out for and potentially some of the players on those teams that you expect to have a big impact on this postseason. Yeah, so Division Two is a little bit different. There's 16 teams in Division Two instead of eight like in Division Three. Um, Division Two and Division One both have 16 teams. Uh, and to me, I think Division Two has got the best possibility of having some major upsets. Um, there's some seedings in here that, you know, I, I was kind of surprised that some of these teams that had good seasons got seeded really low, um, and some teams that had really good seasons who got seeded really high get matched up in these first round games against some tough competition. Um, you know, I think in this first round, you got St. Ignatius and Live Oak in 11-6 battle. St. Ignatius is in the West Catholic League, so you know they're playing tough competition. Uh, Live Oak out in Morgan Hill is a team that I saw early in the season. They've got a couple of guys that are pretty talented. Um, right-hand pitcher Connor Hennings is a guy who's a 2020 um, who could be a good matchup one, but that's a game right there where, you know, as 11 seed St. Ignatius might be able to pull an upset there. Um, the one thing is it is at Live Oak, so Live Oak might have a big crowd for that one. Um, another one of those early matchups that I've been kind of surprised on was Half Moon Bay as a 15. Um, you know, that's a team that's a, a B League team, but they beat Santa Cruz at home. They lost at Los Altos at 11 at home. Um, both those teams are in the open in the Division One playoffs. So uh, getting seated as a 15 was pretty surprising. And then having now to go travel down to Aptos and face a really good Aptos team who's got a couple arms, um, you know, that's a surprising uh, seating to me. Um, I, I don't think Aptos really liked that seating. Um, you know, getting to have to face a team like that that's kind of scrappy and plays hard, um, has a lot of young guys that have been really contributing for them and is kind of energetic, um, that's, a, a, to me, a tough draw in the first round. Uh, another one that I thought was a tough round in the first one was Sacred Heart Cathedral against Aragon. Um, you know, Aragon was one of the top B league teams. Um, they won their division, uh, had been playing really well down the stretch. Uh, and to get a seed like Sacred Heart Cathedral, who again is a West Catholic team, um, it has a lot of talent on their roster. Uh, Keyshawn Ogins is going to Cal. He's a 19 shortstop. Um, they've got a Lucas Kelly, who's a freshman, who's probably one of my favorite freshmen in this entire area. Um, so that's a tough matchup and is a first round game for them. Uh, another one that's going to be a great game, Pioneer and Burlingame. It's a 9-8 seed. Um, Pioneer's going to have to figure out how they're going to match up their pitching. But, uh, you know, if I was them, I'd try and save Ian Torpy for that second round. He's a 20-20 going to Montana State Billings. Uh, and he's the type of guy who could, if he, they get matched up against Monterey in that second round, could beat Monterey because he's got some good stuff. Uh, I saw him strike out 12 or 13 in one game. Uh, I've seen him also strike out 11 or 10 multiple times this season. So he's the type of guy who, if they got matched up in the second round against Monterey, who's the number one seed, um, you know, that'd be a tough draw for Monterey in the one seed. Um, but as we're going through this, getting into the second um Grouping in the final four. To me, I think the final four in this division should be Christopher um, out of Gilroy. Uh, they're a team that's pretty heavy loaded with some seniors. Uh, utility guy Garrett Santos, uh, right-hand pitcher Eric Andrew Cashel. He's going to Fresno State. He's also their starting shortstop. Um, and outfielder Jack Tomlinson, who's going to UC San Diego. Uh, he can really run and go get it in center field and is kind of their catalyst for their offense. Uh, and then they've got a catcher, Zach Griffin, who's uh, a big physical guy who can really throw, um, swings the bat well. He's uncommitted, but he could be a guy that can make an impact here in the, the playoffs for them. Um, Aptos is my second one in the final four. To me, they've got two pitchers. they got right-hander Kevin Eichhorn, who's a 19, uh, who's uncommitted and has been really good all season. Uh, and then they've got a, a, a sophomore 21, Nathan Bruce, who's another live arm. Uh, and to me, I just think when you've got two arms like that in the playoffs – 
that matches up really well for them. Um, they've got a shortstop, Luke Kieschel, who I really like as well, who's a 20. Um, he can go get it. He's athletic. He plays middle infield. He's a spark plug for the offense, can swing it. Uh, he's got some pop in the bat. So to me, they're kind of an offense and, and defense that really matches up well in a, a four-game situation for this tournament. Um, the third team I've got in my final four is Sobrato. Uh, and Sobrato out of the Morgan Hill area is a young team, but they've also got um, a couple of veteran guys who have been around. Uh, they're a B-League team and have played really well down the stretch. Uh, I think I saw that they won like seven or eight of their last nine. Um, you know, they're a type of team that could probably uh, surprise a couple of these A teams uh, thinking that, you know, oh, it's a B league team or we'll get past them. Uh, to me, I just think they're a type of team that could win a couple of games here and get to the final four. Uh, and like I said, that last one I think is Monterey. Uh, they're the one seed and they think they're just the deepest team. They ended up winning the PCAL. They beat San Benito twice. Uh, they've got some guys up in the top of their lineup and Michael Carnazzo, who's a shortstop second baseman. He's going to San Jose state. Um, and then they've got shortstop, Justin deal who's uncommitted, but the two of them form a really good middle infield, um, outfielder, third baseman, right-hand pitcher, Michael Mugen. He kind of does everything. Uh, he's a Santa Clara commit, but he's a true athlete, um, can go play on an outfield. I saw him one game start at third base, move to the outfield and then come in and hit 84, 86 on the mound with a nice little curveball. Um, so he's the type of guy that can really help with the squad. And I think that with their defense and the way that they mix and match pitching uh, in this type of a series, I put those four as my final four. In this division, I have Aptos and Monterey going to the finals with, I think, uh, Aptos winning it all. Um, like I said, I just think when you have those two horses on the mound, they can go out and pitch every other day. Uh, and then the offense that they've got, they've got a chance to really um, go and beat some teams that they can easily beat and then have some good tough games against some teams that are going to push them to the limit. So that's my thoughts in division two on the, on this group. Ryan, you mentioned it a couple of times there, some B league teams, a league teams for those people that aren't aware exactly what you're talking about with the a league and the B league, you know, people maybe in Southern California who aren't too familiar with the CCS or even other parts of the state. What are you referring to when you mean a B league team versus an a league team? Sure. So the way the CCS sets it up is they divide out divisions based on uh, competition and by the talent that's available and also the enrollments into A-leagues and B-leagues. Um, so there's some conferences like the PCAL who have two different divisions. They have the Gabilin, uh, that's an A-league uh, division, and then they have their B-league division, which has got um, a lot of good talent as well. So the way that CCS divides that out is they kind of split it up. Uh, have A leagues and B leagues. And when it gets to the division uh, playoffs, they break out who are the best ones of each of those and format them into the division one, division two and division three based on enrollment. So the open division, they take the eight best teams. Uh, division one is more of a uh, bigger enrollment schools. And then division three is normally the smallest schools around. Got it. Thanks for that clarification for the audience. Appreciate it. Let's head into Division 1. Uh, this is where it starts to get pretty good. And by the way, that Michael Mugen that you mentioned there, big fan of his, really like uh, the way he plays the game. Uh, but Division 1, uh, you got you listed six teams that, that you think have a chance to win the entire thing. So why don't you take us through Division 1, maybe some teams again and some players that we should be uh, on the lookout for. 
Yeah, Division One's team, you know, uh, a lot of these teams I actually thought probably could have played in the open division. Um, you know, late, uh, this team Lee, Los Altos, and Wilcox were kind of three of the last teams that I had in my initial bracket for the open. Um, they ended up getting pushed down D1, um, and that makes D1 really tough. Um, you know, Los Altos won D1 last year. Um, they were the runner-up the year before. Uh, they're a team that was really playing well to start the season. I think they had gone 19 or 20 and one at one point. Um, and at the end of the season, their bats kind of just disappeared. Um, and it was a wrong time for that to happen because they ended up losing their tournament. Um, they ended up losing the second or the, the last couple of weeks against Palo Alto. They lost two games. And I think that ended up, uh, you know, costing them getting into the, the open division championship. Um, to me, they're a team that's going to be really tough to beat. Um, I think that if their offense can kind of find that spark again, um, they're a type of team that can put up 11, 12, 13 runs in a game easily on, on teams. Um, they've got a right-hand pitcher outfielder, Ryan Baum, who is probably one of my favorite guys in this area. Um, 83, 85, really long, lean body, really projectable type of guy, type of guy that I think um, is a year away from a real big jump and being possibly a, a bigger type of arm. Um, and then they've got a couple bats, uh, the Parker brothers, a senior 19 outfielder, Ben Parker, who can really go get it in center field, um, quick feet. Uh, and then his brother, Aaron Parker, who's a catcher, third baseman who can really swing it. He's got seven or eight home runs, like 12 doubles this season, um, real big pole size, uh, power in the bat. Uh, and those guys right there, I think, just kind of give them a chance to win this all. Um, but a team that they can match up with in the final four is Wilcox, who this doesn't really have any names that, you know, would go and say, oh, that's that's a name that's going to a D1 school. Uh, a lot of competitive guys on that team, though, and they've played really well all season. Um, pitching, defense, timely hitting. Um, you know, they lost in their uh, Mike Hazlitt tournament at home against Valley Christian early in the season. Um, then they went on and won the St. Francis Elite Eight tournament later in the season. Um, in that conference that they play with uh, Los Gatos, Palo Alto and Los Altos, um, that's a conference where, you know, those four teams are really, really good. Um, and Wilcox was kind of the unforgotten or the forgotten one, but they pushed into the championship in the final tournament before losing to Palo Alto. Um, so they're a team that I think could make a run here at the end, um, as they've kind of done all season. Uh, the other two teams that I've got in my final four are Leland over in San Jose. They're in the, uh, Mount Hamilton division and they've got a few guys that are just, you know, kind of really good, solid baseball players. They're heavy loaded with some seniors and some juniors. Um, one of the juniors I really like, uh, outfielder Carson Yates. He's a two sport guy. He's a, four, a quarterback. Who's one of those dual threat guys, um, really runs. has got some pop can play right field, can play center field, can play left field. Um, and then they've got a shortstop Trevor Johannes, who is a good looking player who goes, who's going to go to Chico state. He's the type of guy who's um, shown really big bat power, uh, pull side, um, plays a good shortstop, probably a third baseman at the next level, but has got a good arm to stay on that left side. And then they've got another outfielder, uh, Kikoa Lopez, who plays center field, plays left field, plays second base, uh, speedy guy, good contact skills. So they're a team that, you know, if their pitching can really figure things out in this type of a tournament, they're going to be tough to beat. Um, so I have them in my final four. And the last one I have in my final four is Lee. Um, they're a team that's got a couple really good standout players. Uh, their center fielder, Robbie Hammock, who's going to CSUN, um, can really go get the ball. He's a, a speed guy who can cover all through center field, um, but he's got a lean, low frame that's got the ability to really swing the bat as well. Um, I saw him in a couple of different games go five for five with a double, a home run, a triple, a single. Um, he kind of does everything that they need to for that offense, uh, and he's the type of guy who can really help this, uh, this team make a run here in the end. Yeah, so those four teams are kind of my four teams. I think, you know, the way Wilcox has been playing all season, uh, I just kind of think they're 
they're playing under the radar and people have looked past it. And I think they're going to continue to play that way and just kind of play, be calm and, and, and content with going out and doing everything they can to win games. And, and to me, I think they're the ones that got about uh, the possibility of winning division one the most. Good deal. And I know that CSUN coaches are really excited about that player coming their way. Uh, let, let's hop into the big daddy here. Let's go into the open division. Uh, break down the format of the open division for us, if you will, number of teams, uh, kind of the structure of the playoff, if you will. Uh, and then let's jump into, after you do that, let's jump into uh, the matchups, the first round matchups, you know, the one through eights here, because there are some big time matchups going on. Yeah, so the Open Division, what they did this year, um, previously they had taken the league champions from all those A-leagues and had two at-large bids. Uh, This year they did away with all that and they just said, we're going to take the eight best teams who we feel are the eight best teams and put them into the Open Division. Uh, And I think they did a great job of finding eight really, really solid teams. Um, I had seven of these eight in my initial bracket. Um, the one team that I had that was not in my initial bracket, St. Francis, uh, was one of my first teams out of the bracket. Um, and I think that all eight of these teams really, you know, they match up well. This first round games uh, could go a long way in figuring out who goes and wins this title. Um, the first matchups uh, we got here is a six seed versus a three seed in San Benito traveling against Los Gatos. Um, San Benito is a team that I really liked early in the season. They've got some arms that can really play uh, in this type of a format. Um, they've got a right-hand pitcher that's a freshman, Jackson Pace, who is a name to keep an eye on for the next couple of years. Um, real big dude, lets it loose. Arm is loose, 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 and just live. Uh, I saw him in a couple games, 83-85, touching 88, uh, nice little slider. They've also got a senior pitcher, uh, Jordan Yeager, and another one in Moises Salazar. Um that both of those guys could come in um, and match up very well for this type of a tournament and give them a chance to win some games. Um, Offensively, they're led by Jacob Burley, who's going to Brown, who's a catcher, and their shortstop, Brady Miguel, um, who's going to Minot State. Um, Brady Miguel is just a contact guy, can really play up the middle defensively, um, has got all the angles, has got the foot speed to stick at that spot, um, and leads that offense up at the top of the, uh, the order. Jacob Burley is a great little hitter, too. Um, I think he's a guy that can play really well at the next level and continue to keep getting better. He's got the frame and and the foot speed and the quickness behind the plate to be uh, a guy who can make some big jumps over the next couple years. So to me, I think that's a tough draw for Los Gatos because uh, Los Gatos is a team that's been really good with their pitching and defense all season. Um, And I think this is going to be, to my opinion, the best matchup in the first round. Uh, Los Gatos has got a few players. Tommy Troy, the 2020 shortstop, uh, who I know you saw at the area codes with me, um, can really swing it, has had a huge season for them, kind of been their their catalyst, um, playing second base, playing shortstop. Um, he's a guy that could even probably play center field for them. Those That guy right there has been their catalyst. And then uh, they got a big bat recently that came back, Tommy Splain, um, who transferred over from Midi this season to Los Gatos. He's an Arizona commit who's a 21. And uh, he's got some of the best uh, the best upside in that 21 class for the catchers um, of anybody in this entire state. He's a guy who is really big for that offense because he lengthens the lineup. He gives them some more power. Um, plus, he can come in and pitch as well. So he's a guy that getting back for them um, is a huge impact for them. Uh, the starter that is going to be their big guy is Trevor Allen, who's going to San Jose State. He's 85-87, throws a really heavy ball, runs all over the place, uh, and then a nice little curveball and changeup. Um, every time I've seen him pitch, he's not been hit hard. Uh, he's a guy that who could go out and really shove in this first round um, and kind of help set them up for a run to the playoffs championship. Um, I, I like him a lot, and I think he's a guy that in this first round is a tough matchup for, for San Benito. 
Yeah, the addition of splaying is, is enormous, right? I mean, you talked about uh, about that a little bit, but I mean, that is uh, a big, big addition to any offense, right? I mean, he's a nationally known guy. Uh, and then Tommy Troy, you're right. We saw him at the area codes and, and I absolutely loved him. Uh, so who do you got in that first one? San Benito, Los Gatos. To me, I think it's going to be Los Gatos in a low scoring game. Um, you know, that could be a game that's a 2-1 ball game or a 3-2 type of a ball game. Um, but I think Los Gatos has got has had enough of those games all season to keep doing that. Uh, like I said, Trevor Allen's a guy who's never been hit real hard. Um, so I think they've got the best chance of winning that first matchup. All right, so Ryan, Ryan's going with the three-seed Los Gatos over San Benito in the opening round. Let's hop into the next game. Ryan, uh, the two-seed Mitty against the seven-seed St. Francis. Yeah, so this one's a rematch from uh, the D2 semifinal last season. Um, the the matchmakers must have felt like that was you know a close game and they wanted to see it again. Um, so that's what they put together here. Uh, these two teams have already faced each other twice in the West Catholic League. Uh, they split one and one. Um, St. Francis is going to probably throw Joey Schott, who's their 2020 and uh, their number one. He's an uncommitted guy who, to me, I don't know how he's uncommitted. Uh, he's the type of guy who's got three pitches um, plus control of all three pitches, 83, 85, touching 87. Uh, he's a guy who here in the next summer could make a real big jump and be on a lot of guys' radars. Um, so for me, I think that's a really tough draw for Mitty as, a, as the two seed. Getting him in the first round, you know, he beat them in the D2 semifinals last season. Um, He's a guy who can go out and kind of take over a ball game for them. Um, If their offense can get him a couple of runs, that could be all he needs. Um, For Mitty, you know, their offense is led by Nick York. He's a 2020 shortstop who's going to Arizona. Um, Probably my favorite 2020 player in this area. Um, Probably my favorite 2020 player in the state. Uh, He's just got plus bat-to-ball skills, um, a plus athlete, runs all over the place, and just an awesome baseball-skilled type of guy. Uh, His intellect around the game is unbelievable. He's come back from a shoulder injury and is now playing center field for them and has kind of locked down their defense. Um, You know, in that West Catholic playoffs against Valley Christian and against Sarah, he went and tracked down a lot of balls out in the middle of the outfield. Um, and so I think that kind of helps give them some defensive, um, some defensive ability to go and lock down with St. Francis. Uh, you know, to me, again, this is another game that could be a one run game uh, for St. Francis. I think Jeter Yarbara, who's moved over to third base and kind of helps solidify their defense is a name to kind of watch for them. Um, he swings it from the left side. He's an uncommitted guy who's also played shortstop for them. And I think he's got a chance to be uh, another, another guy who's uncommitted that could make a jump here in the next summer. Um, but again, I think those two teams, uh, I'm going to go with Midian this one just because I think their offense is a little bit better. Um, and if they can string together a couple of hits on on Joey, um, they might be able to get get out of this one with a, another game that could be 2-1, 3-2, low scoring type of a game. Okay, so we're going with Midi in the, that matchup. Now let's shift over to the 4-5 matchup. This one's really intriguing on a number of levels, uh, Ryan. But for me, it, it's it's... It's Santa Cruz, the four seed, Sarah, the five seed. What really is interesting to me is how far can G.J. Hill and Javi Felix lead this Santa Cruz team? So why don't you break down this matchup for us? Yeah, and I think those two names, like you said, for Santa Cruz are really huge for them. Uh, G.J. Hill, 19 shortstop, who's getting a lot of looks for the MLB draft, but also uh, committed to Arizona State. Um, he's an elite athlete, man. He's a guy, type of guy who could change a game with his power, with his speed, um, with his defensive ability. He's the type of guy that could really go out and uh, impact this game for a positive for Santa Cruz. Um, and on the other side of that is is Javi Felix, who's been their DH. Uh, he's been battling arm trouble all season. 
been swinging it still with no issues. Um, he's got four or five home runs, and every at bat that I see with him is is a quality quality at bat, looking for good pitches and putting hard contact on the ball. So those two could be huge for Santa Cruz in this one. Um, kind of a dark horse for them is their left hand pitcher Clayton Ray, who's a senior. Uh, he's been in big games for the last couple of seasons, pitched in big games in the open playoffs for them, um, beaten a lot of really good teams. And to me, he's the type of bulldog that's going to go out there and give them competition. Um, and I think he could be the guy that kind of changes the impact of this first round game against Sarah. Uh, for Sarah, they've got a couple of young players. Um, one young player that I really like in their third baseman, Thomas Gould who's an uncommitted guy. Um, he's got the frame and the size to stick at third base has really swung it. Well, uh, they've kind of moved him down into the middle of the lineup to kind of give them a little bit more offensive firepower. Uh, and right behind him is Dominic Meza, their shortstop. Um, who's going to Cal state San Marcos, uh, quick bat who goes towards the middle of the field, real contact driven, um, doubles type of guy. Um, those two in the middle, I think are going to be tough to get out. And I think they've got a deep enough lineup and deep enough defense that they can make this a really good game. Um, you know, the first five seeds, I really kind of thought, sorry, the first, the second through the fifth seeds, I really kind of thought could be mixed around in whatever spot you wanted from two, three, four, five. Um, so this kind of a matchup here at Santa Cruz is going to be a tough game. So in this one, I, you going with Santa Cruz or you going with Sarah? You know, I got to go with my hometown team in Santa Cruz here in this first round. Um, you know, they're just they're a five minute drive for me. Um, and I think that with those two at the start of the lineup in, in G.J. Hill and in Javi Felix, um, they've had some other players that have really stepped up for them and their offense has been on fire lately. I think they're just going to be able to swing it up enough to, to, be, to get a win in this first round. That should be a really, really interesting game. Now, just for the record, just to confirm with you, Ryan, the higher seed, I presume, gets the home game here in the opening round? Well, see, that's one of those ones. I think it goes to a neutral site. Um, The D1 and D2 playoffs that start Wednesday are going to be set up. And so Saturday is when the open D3 start. Um, And I think they're waiting until those first round ones are done to figure out if they're going to a neutral site or if they're doing those at a home and away type of a situation. Oh, that's interesting. I, I like that. The neutral site idea is awesome. Yeah, I think that gives it a, a, even more of a, an advantage to um, good competition, allowing the best players to come out and see what, what happens. Yeah, no question. So let's go into the 1-8 matchup. Uh, this is Valley Christian, the number one overall seed against the number eight seed, Palo Alto. Valley Christian, a, a team that we have ranked in our top 10 in the Power 25 uh, they you know, didn't have, obviously, the hottest start, but gosh darn it, have they been on fire of late. Why don't you break down this matchup for us? Yes, to me, you know, Valley Christian's the best team in this area. They have been all season. Uh, like you said, they started off a little rough at the start of the season, playing some really good competition. You know, Orange Lutheran from down by you uh, and Carroll from Texas started that season off with that. Um, but once they got done with that, they just kind of, they do what Valley Christian does. They get, continue to get better. Um, and for them, they've got three pitchers that will match up with anybody in in this league, uh, and everybody in this division. Um, and to me, I think they're going to be the toughest out. Um, I think Palo Alto, who they get in the first round is not an easy matchup in any way, shape or form because, um, Palo Alto is going to probably start Joshua Kasevic, who's going to Oregon, who's a big arm and could go and shut down any offense there is, um, I think that's just a tough draw for Valley Christian as a first, uh, you know, first round game. I could have seen them putting against a, a San Benito or a St. Francis early. Um, but, you know, getting a Palo Alto and getting a Joshua Kasevic is is a tough battle for them. Um, I don't think that it, it's going to matter, though, because their offense is really, really good. Um, they got three starting D1 outfielders uh, in Steven Zoback. 
uh, Eddie Park and Coleman Brigman. Um, Steven Zoback, I think, is the best player in the Central Coast section um, by a, a long shot. Um, his bat and his arm have been humongous for them. Uh, his arm is, you know, 88-91, uh, tight slider early in the season. They were kind of using him as a closer. And I think they were just kind of building up his innings because since the last two or three weeks, he's been mainly a starter for them. And, you know, in the WCL playoffs, went and shoved a complete game shutout, um, did the same thing earlier in the season against Sarah, did the same thing against St. Francis. So to me, having him start against uh, Joshua Kasevic probably makes sense. And that's that's a great matchup right there. Those are two power arms that are go go get after guys. Um, but again, his bat as well is another one hitting in the three spot. 13, 14 doubles, six home runs, uh, a couple triples, 10 stolen bases, basically does everything that you need to as a baseball player. And, and it's one of those guys that I think has got a humongous upside. Um, he's a Cal commit. And I think he might even be an MLB draft guy that somebody might pop early just because of all that ability that's there. Um, some of those other outfielders, like I said, Eddie Park, he's going to Stanford. Um, he's pitched a little bit early in the season, but I think they've kind of moved him just back to the outfield and let him hit. Um, and when they do that, I think that offense is much better. Um, he really swinging in the championship game of the West Catholic League, hitting a triple to kind of set them up for the win. Um, and the other outfielder, St- uh, Coleman Brigman, who's going to Santa Clara, is another spark plug in the offense that can kind of do everything that you need to. His defense in center field is really plus plus, um, goes and gets the ball everywhere you can, um, and is a type of guy that those three right there can kind of impact the game for them. Uh, for me, I think Valley Christian wins this first round, um, and I think they're going to be a tough matchup in the semifinals and the finals. Yeah, some of those guys you mentioned there, you talked about uh, uh, Brigman and you talked about uh, excuse me. Uh, but you know, Ed, let's, let's touch on Eddie Park and Steven Zoback, a couple of guys we both saw uh, last season uh, down here. Well, I saw them down here at the National Classic and you know, everybody kind of knew about Park and Brinkman, and, and Zoback was kind of the wild card there and just had a huge week uh, en route to the National Classic Championship. But then we saw both of those guys at the Area Code games, Zoback on the on the, on the the big team and, and Park on the underclass team. Uh, and, man, I think we've talked about this a few different times where I personally feel Eddie Park had the biggest week of anybody on any of the two California underclass teams last summer. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. Yeah. Last summer he put on a show out there and, you know, his bat to ball skills when he really lets it go um, are as good as anybody's around in that 20 class. Um, he really can pop the the right side of the, the field um, into that gap. And he's got the ability to go into the left side of the gap as well. Um, he's a good, good runner, plays well in the outfield, probably more of a center field, left field type of guy, but can play all three outfield spots at this level. Um, but yeah, he's another guy that just is going to be really good for Stanford and at the next level. Yeah, the, the other guy, uh, I don't know if you touched on him or not, but Jonathan Simroth, the Arizona commit 21 class, uh, you know, they, they just keep reloading their Valley Christian. So that, that's going to be uh, a really fun uh, um, a, a fun game there with the uh, the bats of Valley Christian against the arm of Kasevich. Uh, so that should be a pretty fun one there. So uh, let, let's let's look into your crystal ball here a little bit, Ryan, and tell us who do you have in the finals of the Open Division, and who do you have winning the whole thing? Sure. So to me, I think uh, if you have the the matchup of Los Gatos and Mitty, um, they played earlier in the season to a one run game. Um, Trevor Allen shut down Mitty uh, on a day where they had kind of had to play back to back games. So I think that would be a great rematch. Um, I think the offense that Mitty has provided and has continued to show 
would be a really good matchup for them uh, with Los Gatos. But, you know, Los Gatos has been here before. They've done this before. They were in the championship of the Open last year. Uh, and I think they're going to do that again this year. Um, I think they've got the the pitching and the, the depth and the, the defense to kind of go out and do it again and get to the finals. Uh, in that other matchup, Santa Cruz and, and Valley Christian, another game that was a matchup early in the season. Uh, Santa Cruz took Valley Christian to 12 innings um, before getting walked off. You know, they're the type of team that can kind of keep battling with everybody. And like we said earlier, those two at the start of the lineup uh, give them a chance. They've also got some other arms in there that could kind of mix and match um, and keep Valley Valley's offense off the board. Um, but I think if you match those two teams up again in Valley and Santa Cruz, I think Valley is going to be really tough to beat. Um, you know, like you said, Jonathan Simrod's a guy that can come in and start a game. Uh, the other one that we didn't even talk about, 19 William Kempner, who's going to Gonzaga. Um, came in and pitched great after uh, Simrot in the championship of the West Catholic League. And, you know, that's another arm that's going to just go out there and match up. Um, so I think they're too tough to beat. And I think Valley Christian and Los Gatos in the, uh, the finals would be a really good matchup as well. Um, to me, when you got those three types of arms like Valley does and the offense that they do, it's going to be really tough to beat. And to me, I think they're going to go in and finish the three-peat this year. All right, Valley Christian looking for the repeat there in the open division. Um, so, Ryan, well, that was a fantastic breakdown of D3 through the open division of CCS playoffs. Why don't you tell us where you're going to be here over the next few days, a uh, week or so with these playoffs? Because there's a lot of games in a lot of different areas, uh, and there's only one of you. Yeah, there's only one of me. So uh, somebody knows multiplicity, send me the, the formula. I can copy myself and get out to a lot more games. But uh, Wednesday, I think I'm going to go probably to Branham and Salinas. Uh, Branham's from San Jose. Uh, they're playing in a really tough Mount Hamilton division. I hadn't seen them match this season, so uh, I really want to get a chance to look at them. Uh, Salinas has got a couple of guys, Ethan Martorella, who's going to Cal, who's a 19 first baseman who can really swing it. Um, and they've got a third baseman, Max Farfan, who is one of the guys that's a 2020 that I, I really like in this area. I think he can have uh, a huge, huge impact for them in this, uh, this playoff situation. Um, that's a type of game where I think it's going to be a really close game and a really well-fought game. Um, so I'm heading to that one on Wednesday. Uh, Saturday, depending on where the neutral site is or if they go home and away, um, it'll be one of those open games. My bet is either San Benito, Los Gatos, or Sarah Santa Cruz. Um, you know, that Palo Alto Valley Christian matchup is another one that I might have to go see. Uh, I've seen Zoback a lot and I haven't gotten a chance to see Kasevic, but I would like to see him throw. Um, so that's kind of one of those other matchups maybe on Saturday. Um, for next week, then it goes, um, the lucky thing is up here is they put all the semis in the same place on the same day. Um, so I'll be at San Jose States or San Jose stadium where the San Jose giants play on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday for the semis of the open. Um, and then the D one semis on Wednesday and then Friday is going to be the finals. Um, I'll be there for the D three open finals and then Saturday for the D one D two finals. So that'll be fun little situation for those last four games. Yeah, it's going to be a busy week for you coming up here. Uh, uh, you can follow all the action. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryozella. That's R-Y-O-Z-E-L-L-A. He's posting updates throughout the games, videos, uh, information. Ryan, man, great breakdown, dude. Really appreciate you coming on to talk about the CCS postseason. And, uh, you know, we'll follow up with you next week before the finals and get a little preview of that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, thanks for thanks for getting after it, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely, man. Good luck with those finals that you got down there. I know those final four, that's a heck of a final four down there. Yeah, the Division One final four in the Southern section is, uh, it's a who's who of not only teams, but uh, players uh, and coaches for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. That's some, that's some serious talent. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Thanks a bunch, man. And uh, we'll talk real soon. Thanks, Les.
I want to thank NorCal Area Scout Ryan Ozella for breaking down the CIF Central Coast section playoff matchups for us. Be sure to stay tuned to PrepBaseballReport.com for all the news, updates, videos, and scouting reports as we march towards the finals of the high school baseball season here in California. Until next time, we'll see you at the yard.